I hope we're going to talk about the dang Wonder Swan. You better believe we're going to talk about the dang Wonder Swan. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for someone who can talk about the Wonder Swan. <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey, you and I are it. So like, yeah. yeah, you're you're in luck because um, today I just got the shipping notification that my final game arrived at the store this morning. So hey. I'm done. I have a complete Wonder Swan set. I got to look at your extras because I know there's stuff that I need that you probably got more of in your in lots or whatever. So. Yeah, I have a couple um, rare ones that like it was just like, well, this has a shitty box, but this is the only one I've seen in two years. So I guess I'm buying it. And then I eventually got an upgrade. Mm. Let's discuss. <laughs> uh, let's discuss it on the show. Yeah. What a crossover episode this is the 190th installment of insert credit a video game podcast that's right i said podcast where a panel of experts has no choice but to answer every inane question i ask them for six minutes each if they come up with too many interesting things to say about it they'll be punished for going over time by the sound of a horrible buzzer i'm alex jaffe and the most fun i've recently had around games but not actually playing them was spending 12 hours with my friend mark in pennsylvania organizing his game collection uh, my name is Frank Cifaldi, and the most fun that I've had with the games, but not playing them or whatever Jaffe said, my daily occasional uh, research into obscurity. Let's just leave it there. Ooh, mysterious. That is mysterious. It's not, it's not mysterious on purpose. It's just like, I don't want to elaborate. You don't, you don't deserve <laughs> no, to know. Yeah, why talk about things on this podcast? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, what's the point? Should it, it should be all exposition from now right. on. I'm Brandon Sheffield. My favorite thing to do with video games that uh, wasn't video games. It's hard to, hard to remember how to phrase that question, but I know what you're talking about. And uh, I guess the answer is on the insert credit forums, we have a last letter game. Ooh, that's a good one. I've been enjoying just because, you know, I got a lot of games over here. Just anytime there's a weird letter uh, doing something. I was really uh, biding my time until there was a game with a seven at the end of it because then I could play the game seven as my thing. There, there's a few, and I like to do, like, when there's a two, then you can put in Tomb Raider as your next one. It's pretty good. Anyway, enjoying that. Hi, I'm Kelsey Lewin. Um, and wait, I, I just, I want to know real quick, what is a weird letter? Because those were all numbers that you just seven said. Is, oh, oh, seven yeah. is a very weird letter. Yeah, by, by <laughs> weird letter, I meant number. Um, those, okay. those are weird letters. But other all weird right. letters are like Ampersand. Y, X, X, Z. Um, you know, just ones that, that you don't see all the time. All right. I feel like Y is a pretty easy one. Anyways, uh, the thing that I've enjoyed the most that's video games, I don't, I don't know how to phrase that either. But we were just talking about this before we started recording. I just finished my Wonderswan collection, like Wonderful. completely, like it's all done. So congratulations! Got all the games now. That's pretty cool. Wonderful. Kelsey is joining us from our sister show, the Video Game History Hour, <laughs> for a chance to relieve Frank of the curse of winning every episode. Thank you. <laughs> uh, however, last week's episode was won by Brandon. By the way, I should tell you kelsey that every single week i have a secret rubric that i keep a meticulous score of how well everyone answers each question the winner of the episode overall gets the honor and distinction of choosing a question or introducing a topic on the next show this week that honor slash burden falls to brandon sheffield the prize is homework exactly yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay all right cool in fact in. he actually describes it that way sometimes um <laughs> yes <laughs> I had forgotten that I had won, but I thought of a question while you were saying that. So here it goes. Uh, what is the best game console that nobody actually plays? Like people talk about it. They do their their cool retro YouTube videos about it. But nobody really is actually playing the games on the console, despite claiming to know everything about it. I feel like there's a lot of good contenders. Sorry to make you feel old, but the answer is Sega Dreamcast. You know, it could be, actually. It, it had such a short window. Yeah. A uh, uh, question for Kelsey related to this. Um, how long did you play the Vectrex multi-cart once you finally got it? Oh, yeah. that might That's a really good answer, actually. Um, I channel surfed all of them. Like, I, I played all of them for, I don't know, 30 seconds at least. But <laughs> there were very few games I played longer than, like, a few minutes. So... Uh, yeah, not a lot. Everyone thinks answer. it's cool. Everyone yeah, thinks oh, totally. it's cool. Yeah. It's, so. a, it's extremely cool. 
but it's like it's one of those consoles you like turn on and I, that's a bragging rights console for sure yeah that's that's not a console that people are playing there are three good games on it that i can recall one is that spike platform spike. the yeah. other one is the one that's like i don't know phoenix or something and it's basically tempest uh, what game is that you know what i'm talking about mm. whatever game that is the one that's like tempest but you're a bird that one's good and then the other one is the one where you can draw on the screen and it's just an art tool oh the light pen thing yeah the light i've pen. heard star is it star castle that one's pretty good oh i don't know no. i only played all these for like five minutes so i mean i you could say that about the atari like i feel like even when people were it's not popular to collect anymore but even when it was was anyone actually playing it but is the atari the best console that oh people do that with probably not it's got a lot of games True. i think all them retro youtubers think that the atari is cool but don't spend time with it which i think is the question here right yeah i guess that's probably better way to view the question because otherwise we just choose which is the best game console period so i mean i actually think there's not a lot of people that play the nes that claim to be really big nes fans you think so i do i think that they play for a couple minutes and people don't finish nes games anymore oh that's probably true or if they do play nes games they're not going back to play them on the nes yeah. Well, that's just going to be true of any old system, if that's right. I was going to say, I don't know that that makes it bad. That's fine. I actually think it's probably a higher concentration of people who, like, talk about the NES who will still play the stuff than even, like, the Dreamcast, which was Jaffe brought up. I think so. Yeah, Dreamcast has been the gold standard of, like, the console that, that should have gotten a lot more attention than it did. But by the very dint of that premise, not a lot of people gave it attention. I, I think maybe I'm just... Assuming that most people that claim to be really into retro games don't actually spend that much time with them, period. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't even think that's necessarily a, a bad thing. I think it's okay to just kind of casually go back and be like, yeah, I still like these games. Yeah, as it, long as you're not speaking about it from a place of authority, which uh, like the YouTuber types do. So I, I'm sort of referencing <laughs> those people that are like, here's the exclusively i can reveal to you the history of this game i've never played and do not understand the language in which it is presented i think that sort of to the opposite side i have a suspicion that the atari jaguar despite not being very cool to talk about is played by the few people that have it oh everyone who talks yeah. about the jaguar like played it yesterday. exactly yeah. there are yeah. no jaguar <laughs> posers right why would you even bother that's true <laughs> there there yeah there there is no like social like street cred yeah for liking the jaguar no one thinks that that makes you cool uh, i disagree really? i think that i think that any think like cool? semi-obscure console yeah yeah i think that if you like the jaguar you're really cool and i want to be your friend no i think <laughs> any any semi-obscure console if you just claim to be a huge fan of it i'm speaking as like the person who's known for being the wonderswan fan right like people for some reason assume that that makes you really cultured or something if you if you know how to appreciate the jaguar they're like hmm oh, what am i missing but there's no there's no like there's nothing good on it no i i <laughs> no if, if you like the jaguar the assumption should be that you had a jaguar that's really the only assumption <laughs> that one could make there is no like yes i've explored the jaguar library uh for and here are the hidden own... gems. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't There's know, man. Nothing. I've met a lot of retro YouTubers, and I think that they enjoy having the weird taste sometimes. They and... need content. They... But, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> the Jaguar, the only system that's also the name of a car? Oh, good question. I bet no. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there is an... I drive a Mega Duck. I mean... That's right. <laughs> I'm looking at Casio Loopy, and, and I feel like there's a non-zero chance there was a car called the Loopy. Oh, the Loopy. Yeah. Isn't there like a Hyundai Genesis or something? Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah. There we go. All right. Frank gets the point. He's in the lead. Uh, no! <laughs> <laughs> All right. What would be the best way for, say, a disgraced indie developer exposed for his terrible political practices to announce his retirement from the industry? <laughs> so this is, I guess, a reference to uh, yeah, Freddy. Captain FNAF. Um, five minutes yeah. of Freddy's. Who very bravely has announced that he will stop working and only take profits. Yeah. yeah. Because of his uh, political affiliations. <laughs> How yeah. courageous. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the best way would be to, like, imagine, you know, Jeff Bezos, he's going to go up into a rocket. Mm -hmm. Imagine that rocket also explodes. I'm not saying this guy should die. 
But what I'm saying is, if you're gonna... What you're saying is he should be devoured by a giant animatronic bear. Yeah, that's right. He should go into the that mediocre movie, Willy's Wonderland. Okay. Which is basically based on his property anyway, but stars Nicolas Cage and is sure. very disappointing. Uh, he should go in there and be like, is this what you wanted? Now I'm canceled and they've eaten me. And that's what that's that's what he could do. Is he doing like a Christ pose the whole time as the uh, like <laughs> bears and ostriches pick him apart? Yeah, something like that. I don't want to joke about people being dead. I don't think yeah. he should be dead or anything. But um, I, I don't know if there's a graceful way to do it. I don't think retiring in general in this scenario can be graceful. It can only be. Right. I mean, he's rich. Yeah, it can only be seen as exactly what Frank said. Bravely continuing to profit and just not doing work anymore i don't yeah i don't know how to frame that in a nice way what a sacrifice <laughs> all i will do is keep swimming in my uh giant pile of scrooge mcduck style dollars and not making additional thing he could retire and devote the rest of his profits to the video game history foundation there we go and mm -hmm. uh that, that's it the end that's the yeah, redemption yeah. arc. I would forgive him. I wouldn't. Would you take his money if he made you call it uh, Freddy Fazbear's Arcade? The, uh, how much money? To call what? Yeah, <laughs> and is it is is that just like the name of our building yes. that we just bought? That's the mm. whole organization. It's the Freddy Fazbear the Arcade. The whole organization? Well, I don't think we can... It's going to be difficult to position ourselves at the Video Game History Foundation if we can't call ourselves well, that. Well, hang on. So how much money? <laughs> <laughs> Do we need money ever again? I don't know how much money this uh, FNAF makes. Then how do I answer this question, Jaffe? <laughs> there's no scenario in which I take his money is what I have to say about it. Like, there's no way that I would do it unless it's like he doesn't ever get any profit from it. No, even still, I wouldn't want him, him as an investor in my stuff. I don't think I could do it. Oh, we wouldn't know him anything. It would just be a donation to charity. So yeah. I don't know. I would. I mean, there's there's caveats to that. There's the you know Randy Pitchford funded uh, National Video Game Museum in Texas, and I'm sure, sure that's yeah. I'm sure that comes up sometimes. But uh, yeah, I don't know if he's just giving us a bunch of money for just building money. or for yeah. I'll, I'll take Whatever. money. Uh, it makes me extremely uncomfortable. I don't. This, this is why I'm not rich. If anyone was curious, <laughs> that's it. That's the only reason. It's because you won't accept money. We would just have to rename the company. Yeah, we'd have to rename the company. But Video Game History Foundation, we would be a product under the company, <laughs> whatever okay. thing it's called. Yeah. Shell company. Uh, think of it this way, Brendan. Any money you're taking from him is money that's not going to Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I mean, I, I have actually thought about that in terms of like... Who to take money from. I don't know if I should say this aloud. In terms of like taking money from companies like Google and Microsoft, I do sort of view it as, well, as long as they don't get that money back, it's okay. <laughs> as long as this is a failure. As long as you make a game that doesn't make them any money right that's what i'm saying yeah it, but it's a tough one because like you got to think about our next our next game i think it will make money if we take money and then it gives money back to a company that is funding wars i don't know yeah but is there such a thing as an ethical investor yeah sort of kind of okay there's no ethical consumption under capitalism etc i don't think there's a truly ethical investor but there's a sliding scale and you can try your best to be on the better side of it, I think. It's tough, though. Tough one. I struggle with it all the time. My wife and I have, according to Intellivision, invested over $100,000 in the Intellivision. Oh, right. Yeah. Committed to investing. By committing to $100,000 and never actually giving them that money because we don't have to, according to their terms. There might be an ethical investor scenario there. Ah. Although, is that ethical if it makes in television look better because they oh, have I did money. make them look better. That's true. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm. Something to think about. Here's our next question. Uh, when playing a game with a party of characters, what are the pros and cons of controlling just the main character yourself over the whole team? Sorry, I was still thinking about Jeff Bezos exploding. What was that? <laughs> All right. We just saw that Guardians of the Galaxy preview where you play one guy in a team of guys as a kind of pseudo sequel to the marvel game where you played all the guys how many of us did just see that to be clear no, i have no idea what you're talking about this news to me <laughs> okay so one of us saw it I, I saw that there was a trailer i completely zoned out i saw that too the big difference between this and the marvel avengers game is that you just play as one character and kind of command all the others around yeah as opposed to controlling all of them 
what are the pros and cons of such a setup? I get the question. I just yeah. uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy portion of it is a mystery. But I think that the benefits of controlling one character, I think you can go deeper into certain kinds of systems when you're controlling one character. Uh, so then you you usually wind up giving the secondary tertiary characters commands that are more like AI based or like I will briefly take over what you're doing or that kind of thing. Whereas when you're controlling a whole team, then you have to make choices for each of them and it really slows the pace down. And it's a total different kind of experience. Personally, I kind of like either diving deep into one character or having essentially the whole team present itself as one character. So like each each member of the team is responsible for a different sort of thing. Like, you you know, you set this person up to tank, you set this person up to buff, you set this person up to attack, whatever, creating them as a unit together. I think that works pretty well. Uh, I don't know. I just started talking. Well, yeah, I can do a con. I mean, I, I recently tried playing the first Mass Effect via the Legendary Edition, and the con in in the first one is that I don't know why I would command my other guys. They seem to do just fine on their own. So it just right. seemed to be this mechanic that was there for no reason. There's like a very brief tutorial where it's like, you can press this button and bring up the spinny wheel and then select a special move that has a weird name that you don't know what it does. I'm like, I'm never doing this. Yeah, I don't think I ever played as the other characters in Mass yeah, Effect. Yeah, you just shoot stuff. I think it only works in turn-based games. I mean, yeah. you have the you have the same kind of thing. Like, I, I like the uh, uh, Tales games, and you have the option in most of those games to kind of switch between characters, but it's it's an action RPG, and, like, there's... I'm not going to do that. I just... If I feel like my healer's not healing me enough i just set them to max heal on their ai or whatever and then they they'll figure it out I'm not gonna jump back and forth and figure out when people should use their special moves or whatever that's that's too much work in the tales games you uh you drop a lot of bombs on things and throw throw rings around and stuff right that's oh a, yeah yes exactly yeah. tales adventure for the game gear uh <laughs> you got there yeah i knew it it was a little struggle point for brandon uh, but i had to say about this thing that like the pros and cons are very evident in final fantasy 7 remake because mm. back when tim was on the show he was talking about how cool it is when you play it on hard and you have to command everybody and the commands work really well and are an interesting part of the game whereas when you play on easy or normal or whatever they're kind of it feels like a, a job that you have to do to manage them a little bit or they're completely ignorable or whatever and so like the balance of that is quite quite difficult because apparently according to him it's really fun in hard mode but on easy it's really boring and not very fun so yeah there's a lot of pros and cons right there can you hear my dog is he uh the very faintly but people love it don't worry about it i hope they love it because he's he's having a day <laughs> i if i if i could command him as a member of my party i totally would i would take control and be like we're not doing barks right now <laughs> we're not well if he took control then he would just make you bark what would he i think he'd make him like feed him or something right open doors i think he'd make me open doors yeah he would actually i think jaffe's right he would make me open the door so that we can go outside and fight whoever it is that he wants <laughs> got it fight. well then you would go outside while while he would cower and tell you to fight exactly yeah so i would be commanded by him i would be the the unit in that case yeah and once again in that scenario why would the dog ever play as himself again we're back down to one party member mm -hmm. yeah it's good point. right you you are more powerful than the dog right if my bird commanded me i think it would just be like to get him walnuts forever just continuously feed him walnuts and that would be that'd be it that'd be all he uses the, this game for well now is the barking like buffing you or debuffing your opponent mm. So it might actually be a scenario where mm -hmm. it's not just controlling you. It's it's sort of like doing both at the same time. Yeah, it might be. I think it probably de debuffs the opponent a bit, depending on the opponent. Yeah. It also debuffs me as well, though, because I find it so annoying. Splash damage. In Pokemon, there is an attack called Growl, and it just lowers oh, yeah. the defense of the enemy. So that's I feel like that's what that is, right? It's just lowering the defense of whoever you're facing. Mm -hmm. Before I do my... Uh splash attack because that's all i have yeah i'm gonna have to correct you growl decreases attack not defense. yeah <gasps> oh. tail whip you're right tail whip defense. is defense Sorry, Your dog whip that. his tail around just 
wave it at people, Sometimes. but like not in a wagging way, just like, you know, in a threatening way. <laughs> threatening wag. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. I do know there's a dog at the park that does that, though. She's a little chihuahua and she flips around. And when she does so, she, she sometimes either other dogs or ankles with her tail. So, yeah. All right. I have good news. You have control over the next song that starts appearing ubiquitously in new game trailers. <laughs> what song should that be? And how would it inform those games? A slow, soulful version of that Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song by The Offspring. <laughs> oh, you know, like like all the 90s. Oh, it's Crazy Taxi Cab Confession. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Crazy Taxi's Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. Uh, no, that's, I don't know. I'm still thinking about that. Like, Because I mean, you're, you're sort of riffing off the trend of like 90s music, but mm -hmm. like down tempo in the trailers. And yeah, yeah I think uh, I think that's a good one. Hey, yeah, hey now, you're an all-star. I'm trying to get my brain's replay of that song past the, like, guitar part. Okay, there it is. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I can hear that song. That's low. Yeah, all okay. right. I, I think the answer is uh, Mute City from the F-Zero games, just to get people excited and then disappointed every single time. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I've got a, a, a little side tangent about that, which is exactly that scenario. So I went to see Metallica perform live in concert five six years ago something like that and uh you know this was a time when uh similar to now they just don't have any good music all the music that they do is bad esper put a metallica song in here right now in the I recording i'm sure that'll be fine yeah it should be okay my determines my we, we got the right yeah uh, because i'm from the bay area and so are they and that means it's legal anyway they were playing you know, they played some songs from like the mid 90s, but they weren't playing the old stuff, which everybody loves. And they know it. They know that that's what everybody's there to see. And so they're playing like Hero of the Day and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. They're playing that kind cool. of stuff. And so then like further into the show, they're like, we got something special for you guys. And then they slowly start playing Metal Militia from their first album. And everyone's like going nuts. And then they stop playing it and laugh into the microphone and then play a brand new song that nobody <laughs> nobody likes oh, like, from their screw new album. You. It was like son of a bitch. <laughs> I, mean, I it was such a bait and switch because I was like, this is what I came to see. Thank you. And then they were like, lol, here's something you don't know and don't like. So that's what you would use to promote like the new Bubsy game. Yes. Metallica stopping playing a song that you like and starting <laughs> playing a song that you don't. And then uh, Bubsy's like, what could possibly go wrong right in the middle? I'm just so fascinated by a band that is that purposefully antagonistic to like the last people paying their bills. Right. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I mean, they can still fill an arena, though, like on the hope that maybe they'll play Enter Sandman. Is there a point where people learn? Here was another thing about that. As soon as they started playing this new song, all of these guys wearing like polo shirts and slacks that had been looking really uncomfortable the whole time started like nodding their heads and being like, yeah, this is what we came to see. So like all the people dressed in black leather with Exodus shirts and whatever uh, were disappointed. But the, the people that hadn't belonged to the whole time were like oh yeah cool i know this one um so i i think i don't know they must they must be getting some new fans on yachts or something somewhere i think metallica plays video games does metallica play video games yeah i don't think so i think that maybe at one time but not anymore maybe they played that that gamecube game once the metallica game that didn't come out i was gonna ask i thought there was a metallica game or a game with metallica music or it was like a like racing that. game that had Metallica music, and it was called okay. Metallica, I believe. There was a rock band, Metallica. Mm -hmm. No, was am I making that up? Oh, that's right. Yeah, was there that? is. There's a there's a Guitar Hero or rock band Metallica. Yeah, it's rock band Metallica. So that yeah. exists. They probably played it once. I mean, would you though? Would you would you go pretend to be the band that you already are in a video game? I mean, I'd want to confirm that they hadn't messed up my stuff too bad, but maybe they had an intern do it. What no? What I suspect is that like. Someone handed them a controller once and they pressed a couple buttons. That's what I mean by they played the game and they got confused. Mm. And then that and they went, cool game. Good job. That's what I'm Metallica. That's what I sound like. Whose voice is that? That's James Metallica. <laughs> I didn't know Strong Bad joined Metallica. <laughs> I think we should uh, acquire the trademark to Napster. It's probably not being used and create yeah. a peer-to-peer -peer client that only does Metallica songs. Only Metallica. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. 
Metallica used to come into the Casper's hot dog shop down the street from where Frank and I live. The one closer to us or further from us? Further. The, the original. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the triangle-shaped building. Yeah. They used to come in there, and um, uh, the, the guy, the owner of the place, who's a friend of the family, said that they were uh, good kids, and he always <laughs> gave them a discount. There you go. That's 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 a Metallica story that is not very interesting. But... That, well, that's like the only time I've ever thought of them as people. Mm-hmm. So the song we're putting into all the video game trailers are bad new Metallica songs. Yeah. Without their permission. Yeah. I like that. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire. Yeah. That's yeah. That's and then you what go, I'm huh. for. That, you know, that's the only part of that song that I can remember. Right. Yeah. I don't know what happens after that. No. Then that's it. It's it's like when I was stuck on the Offspring song, except this time I can't get past that part. I like to sing it like Barney. Give me fuel. Give me fire. <laughs> give me that which I desire. <laughs> we should bring some Barney songs back. Like, oh yeah, clean up, clean up, everybody, everywhere. That's that's what I'm talking about. Let's get that. Let's get that in these trailers. But Metallica eyes that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Metallica covers Barney. So we Barney eyes the the Metallica songs and Metallica Metallica eyes Metallica eyes. Question number five: When in a video game does it feel like? Uh-oh. Huh? Uh oh. Uh, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, the question I was about to ask is canceled. Oh. I've just been informed that it's time for an improv zone. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. It's out of my oh, hands. No. I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the improv zone is a segment where the three of you, and not me, have to improvise a scene together based on a premise that I have devised. So we're the squad that you're commanding. <laughs> Until I uh, sound a buzzer. But uh, the people have spoken, and here it is. Uh, Kelsey, you are leading a tour through the Video Game History Museum. Frank... You're the member of the tour group who thinks he knows more than the guide. Brandon, you're the member of the tour group who keeps asking extremely stupid questions. This is the improv zone. Go. Uh, No pressure. (laughs) Uh, First up in our exhibit over here, we've got um, the beginnings of a really important company. Um, This is the the beginnings of Nintendo. They were founded in 1889. Is Mario here? Oh yeah, the like I yeah. So Nintendo, right? That was actually uh, the first company to do an arcade game. Turns out. Uh, so we'll we'll get there. It's a uh, it's not that's not quite true, but um, you know, this is this is very this is before the concept of arcades is really a thing. We're we're still in the eighteen hundreds here. So well, Miyamoto-san about... was really inspired by uh you know installation pieces, and he thought uh, they could do uh, video games on 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 like a cabinet. That's uh that's. Fascinating. Um, our cabinet, like with drawers in it, like where no, I put... it's a, no different, different kind of cabinet. Sorry, I, where I put my boxers. I, I see where the confusion is, but uh, actually, that's where they got the name. Uh, a little bit of trivia. Oh, so does anyone know where Nintendo got their name? Speaking of which, yes, it 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 means uh, to be the best in, in katakana. That... <laughs> That's very close. Uh, the, uh, the name of Nintendo is actually a kind of a contested thing. Um, it is. It roughly translates to. Uh, let's see. Oh gosh, I don't even know my Japanese. Uh, one of them means. Did Nintendo make the PlayStation? Um, actually, uh, yes, they did. Uh, but it was canceled uh, in 1992. It had. A, it had. A, it was the first. Uh, the first device to ever have a CD drive. Let's wow. move on to um, one of Nintendo's first really successful products here um, in the toy area. This one here is called the Ultra Hand. Um, this was designed by a fellow by the name of Gunpei Yukoi. Um, and oh yes, of course, Gunpei Yukoi, who uh, uh, started life as a janitor actually uh, at Nintendo. Uh, he was a an electrical engineer actually. Um, he was a kind of sort of a maintenance man. On How the do point. you engineer electricity? Very carefully. Okay. I'm making I'm taking notes just to be sure <laughs> that I get because I, I really I could talk to you after I really want to be in the video game industry later eventually. So, you know, this, this is why I'm asking these questions, because I really feel that I have a lot of good ideas. And and oh, yeah, me too. It's going to get me really far. And so, you know, that I just just to explain, that's why I'm asking these questions. OK, keep, keep going. I'm, I'm learning a lot. Now, does anyone know what the name of the first video game console that Nintendo put out was. That would be the Family Computer. <laughs> Can someone please stop this? This is terrible. <laughs> uh, buzzer noise, buzzer noise, buzzer noise. 
All right. Great job, everybody. Unfortunately, I think Frank won points on that one. Yeah. I, yeah, that was... Uh, I set him up for a couple of those, but yeah. delivered beautifully. Uh, Kelsey, terrific uh, straight personing there. I'm giving you the oh, point God. for that one. It's so difficult because this is... Uh, I, I run into people like Frank here. Job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Daily. And so it's, it's actually difficult for me to figure out how to respond in like a comedy scenario because my actual thing is to I don't actually correct anyone ever because what, what is what does that do? What's the point? Right. Then they'll learn and be better people. No. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's very sweet and naive. But um, that is that's not <laughs> how that works. Yeah, they just want to debate. They want to get into it and have a big conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do a little bit of our own debating and be right back after a short break. Kelsey, I'm sorry I made you endure that, but the people have <laughs> demanded a new improv zone. That was, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, how good I am at improv, <laughs> but, but particularly, I mean, that is... Oh, no, we're all terrible at it. It's never good. I, that was pretty, they were pretty good. Frank and Brandon were both very good, actually. Well, the, the whole thing was terrible, but also, I think, like, by far the best one we've ever done, so... Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. To the insert credit show. Time for us to go to the dirt bag, an area we return to every week where uh, Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash insert credit uh, use the provided form to submit their own questions, one of which is read on this very show. You can go to patreon.com slash insert credit yourself, donate at any level in order to uh, get access to that form, access to the episodes themselves one day early. One day early. One day early. And uh, even exclusive periodical bonus content. This question comes from an anonymous listener who asks, what is the best callback joke in video games? Oh boy, gotta rack the brain on this one. I mean, the best one's gonna be the first one I think of uh, yeah. in like five minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the fact that you can remember it at all makes a uh, strong case well, for it. I don't know that I can. Yeah. I can think of so many callback things. You know, I mean, just a recent... Ex Let's start there. Yeah, I mean, a recent example is just, like, I was playing the new Pokemon Snap, and there's... I feel like they could have made, like... They could have made that whole game a callback, and they didn't, and I'm thankful for that, but they had several things where it's like, oh, in in the other Pokemon Snap, there was also this group of Charmanders that you have to kind of lure all together, and then they dance, and it's just, you know, it's a nice, like, oh, yeah, that's, that one's from the other game. That's cool. But I think that only works because there's been so many years in between those two games i appreciate the name of that game because a lot of the pokemon are sleeping so po pokemon's nap is actually a pretty accurate uh, yeah description of it very nice um, yeah thanks thanks I, I see what you did that's what i did all right give us some kind of turbo graphics answer i don't know doesn't you know. fly over <laughs> bonk or something i mean there's there's definitely some dumb stuff with the working designs games i don't think any of them could be counted as the best I, and i guess maybe it's more references and stuff but they uh, it's not even a callback i think the problem is everything i can think of like for example sonic being in crusader of senti it's not a callback it's just a reference i know there are callbacks but i can't i'm sure there's got to be like five million in the metal gear series that i've basically oh yeah yeah i mean the first one i, I thought of was in metal gear solid or uh, he takes a nap and his he dreams of the first game that you play, but it's like whatever. Oh right, um, that one's cool. I don't know if there's a callback, but it, it what comes to mind for me. I'm just going like I told Brandon to go through uh, Turbo Graphics stuff, so I'm like I don't know adventure games for me. In uh, Maniac Mansion, you can find a chainsaw, um, and if you try to use it, it's like well I need gas to do this, and there's no gas in the game anywhere, so it's just a useless object. Um, and then in the next game they did, Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders, uh, you can find some gas that has no purpose at all in the game. Do they reference a chainsaw? Do they do like, I don't, like oh man, this would be perfect in a chainsaw. I, I don't remember. They probably did. So that's kind of a callback. But then an actual callback would be in Thimbleweed Park, however many decades later. You can finally find both a chainsaw and gas and cut a tree down. Playing the long game. There's so much about that game that I know I'm missing because I haven't played every like, every old LucasArts venture game. I can think of a bad one. You can think of a bad callback? Yeah. It's at the end of uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. You save the princess and she says thank you mario but our princess is in another castle mm. ha 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 just kidding i thought it was pretty good all right 
I don't think it's a bad one. Anytime it's just like a line of dialogue callback, I think it's 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 only ever cute. It's just right. like, oh, all right. <laughs> you know, the thing we said. Yeah, I can, I can only think of uh, depressing ones from Near Automata right now. Um, <laughs> a lot of depressing callbacks. In yeah, there was a callback in that game that made me cry, but I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of depressing Emil call, callbacks specifically. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to discuss that. One that's amusing to me, uh, but it's not actually funny, is uh, specifically from Near, is I have spent uh, three hours, maybe four, um saving and reloading and reloading to try to get a freaking eagle egg in this one area yeah God darn eagle eggs which you need to to upgrade stuff like literally four hours which is not fun to do dude not, just you, uh just go through the uh third door in the diary you can farm eagle eggs there yeah okay i went through that 10 times and got zero eagle eggs really so. Yes, really. So, oh let's... well. Excuse me for not being sympathetic, Mister. Got the <laughs> lunar tears on your first try. All my luck ran out in the flower zone. But anyway, boy, that game sounds fun. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> it's literally my favorite game. In near Automata, um, someone was just sharing a photo of them having like twenty-three eagle eggs. They made eagle eggs plentiful in automata kind of jerky callback in a way which was to me a little bit funny yeah. i did get one eagle egg god darn it in near i mean kind of similarly it's funny how in near they have these like incredibly tedious achievements but in near automata there's literally like a shop where you can just buy them all yeah you can buy the achievements yes you can buy the achievements. oh wow that's awesome yeah it's great i can't really think of any other than just cameos off the top of my head but the grand theft auto series is just like it's, it's all callbacks. There's so yeah. many callbacks in that. Mm -hmm. But it, the only ones that are that I can come up with off the top of my head are just like, remember this character? They're here too, you know? Patrick's back. I'm guessing every Kickstarter game that is a spiritual successor has uh, callbacks mm. to the thing yeah. that yeah. it's not actually a sequel to. Oh, yeah. But there's some yeah, real clever right. ones in like Mighty Number no. 9. Which video game went through the most interesting development cycle? I'm going to go with Animal Crossing. Really? That game started. That game started as uh, basically animal-assisted Diablo, like a Diablo clone, but with animals. Uh, it was meant to be. Well, I think a lot of people know it was meant to be a, a 64 DD game at first, and yeah. they wanted a game about communication. But they were like, I don't know, communication. That's not a game. We need a game around it. People communicate a lot in Diablo. You like, you know, die. You drop your stuff. You got to talk to people and. Be like, hey, come help me pick up my stuff or whatever. So they started by making this game that was all about playing at different times of day to get different animal companions to join you to, you know, kick some monster butt or whatever and get some treasure. Ended up being a little bit of a different game than that. Well, it's almost like the, the loot drops are just, you don't have to fight for them. They just, <laughs> they're, they're in the trash or whatever. Oh, uh, you gotta like do chores for them sometimes. Sure, sure. I'm interested in the development of Resident Evil 4 because it is was famously abandoned and restarted basically and uh it's rare that a game that does that turns out to be really really good um as far as I have seen a lot of the time st something gets abandoned and restarted and then the final product is like fine like they they wound up having to make different concessions that they weren't thinking about and they ran out of time etc it just didn't turn out to be what they really wanted, but Resident Evil 4 did. And so I'm curious about that. And there, there's also like a some series development that I find really fascinating. Like, for example, Shadow Squadron is a game that came out on the 32X by Sims. Yeah, it was called Stellar Assault in Japan. And then they made a new Stellar Assault on the Saturn toward the end of its life cycle. And both of them are pretty good games developed at the end of the life of a sega console that wasn't doing well how does that come to pass how do you wind up getting stuck in that zone but still like doing your best and making something that's actually pretty good uh on on the platform i don't know were they dedicated to it did they really want to make this game or was it did sega commission it from them and they just had to put see it through i don't know why that kind of stuff fascinates me so much but i really i, I consume brain cycles imagining what that would be like for, for no good reason so wait what, what you're imagining is if you know that your game is not going to sell well or you know that people aren't going to really play the game like how do you still make a good game out of that scenario 
It's kind of that, and it's kind of like, how do you wind up there? I guess I think about it because, you know, we, we've been in somewhat similar scenarios where we're, like, we, re- we released a game at the end of the PlayStation Mobile's lifespan, and we had the last game on the Vita PlayStation Plus as well. The, the games that we did that with, you can feel that they're a bit rushed at some point or another, like some point of it got stretched. Whereas with these two Stellar Assault games, uh, especially the Saturn one, which came out in 1998, I think it was so late. It's just like a really good, solid game. There's all it it has a really neat visual style. Uh, all the attacks have specific like particle effects where there's just like individual pixels flying off and stuff. You know that, especially in retail, you're not going to make that that money back. So, you know, what what is the scenario behind that? And how do you wind up how do you wind up putting so much into it when it's clear that, you know, you're not going to you're not going to make that much money? So, I yeah, I just think about it. So Kelsey talking about Animal Crossing got me thinking about Nintendo, got me thinking about uh, a keynote that Miyamoto gave at, at GDC where he sort of showed uh, the evolution of an idea and how it just stuck around until it found a product. And in this case, I think technically it was uh, the the me concept itself. Mm. So he yep. showed, you know, that like on the disc system, sort of a face maker that went nowhere. And then that sort of stuck around for a while. They tried to do like, uh, you know, put yourself in a, a music video sort of thing on, on the GameCube that didn't go anywhere. And then, you know, I think mostly it kind of uh, came out as Wii Music, which I still think was a pretty good idea. Yeah. They just didn't find its audience. I think they could do that now. And now that people can like tweet stuff, it made me think of that. And it just it makes me wonder if there's other Nintendo ideas that have just like, been recycled over and over that became something that we like like i don't know it's like did pikmin start as ideas on on the nes or something yeah, yeah i i think that's part of maybe what has me fascinated by some of these things i'm thinking about it's it's like the idea of or rather an idea or a mechanic in search of a platform like that guy who did psycho fox and then did like four more games that are mm-hmm. basically just like that yeah, the the like swinging on the the bounty tree yeah. genre. <laughs> yeah, which became like Decap Attack and the Magical Hat Adventure or whatever. Um and then there's also the person who really liked that specific mechanic in Legendary Axe, which is also a, a there's a game on the NES called like Adarax or something. I forget what it's called. You know what I'm talking about, Frank? It's the the Legendary Axe style game on NES. Uh Astyanax. Yeah, there you go. I've always wondered how to pronounce that. I have a VHS from Jalico that it pronounces it. So it's a Styanex. Nice. Thank you. It's just, it's really interesting when there's someone who's like, yeah, okay, I got this mechanic in my back pocket. We need to make a game real quick. I'm making this one. Uh, I love that stuff. And those games aren't related, which rules. It's time for our next segment. This is something I tried out on the last episode and got some positive reception. So we're trying it again. It's a sort of reverse family feud which I'm tentatively calling Famicom Feud. Your goal here is to talk about the best Wonderswan games. However, I have here a list of the top 15 Wonderswan games from the fan site Swan of Wonders, and you can't say any of the games that are on that list. Okay, this is automatically going to be very difficult because my guess is the top 15 are all English-friendly ones because this comes from an English-speaking website. Am I correct in that assumption? I'm not going to tip you off. I think she means about the English website. So I'm saying that this this isn't fair. <laughs> this isn't a fair uh, way to look at the Wonderswan library because I guarantee that there are at least five or six RPGs on this system that are fantastic that I can't, I don't know if they're fantastic or not because I don't speak Japanese. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Let's start naming them. I can definitely envision the games that are on this list. So Me too. You want to do it the opposite way and try to figure out which games are on it? Okay. I, yeah, I bet Brandon and I will kill this. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do this. All right, let's do this real Family Feud style. Cue the music. But I I also want to talk about the <laughs> the cool weird ones. So maybe we can do that later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm ninety percent sure Makaimura is on here. Show me Makaimura. Uh, Makaimura for number for Wonder Swan is number six. All right, uh, I'm gonna go. I think I'm shooting higher than this. Klonoa. Show me Klonoa. Uh, Klonoa Moonlight Museum is number seven. Oh, <laughs> Mega Man WS. Show me Mega Man WS. I'm sorry, Mega Man WS is not on the list. Really? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It, it was Rockman EXE. EXE? Uh, yeah, Rockman EXE WS. Nope. Honorable mention okay. did not make the list. Got it. Okay. 
My guess is Judgment Silver Sword, and I think it's top three. Gotta be. So me, Judgment Silver Sword. That's number three exactly. Nice. That's very good. Um, so here's here's a question, Kelsey. Do you think they're gonna put the the English language Digimon on there or not? Hmm. Good question. I'm gonna try it. Let's see. Let's see if there is. Show me the 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 English Digimon, which I forget exactly which. Show me Digimon. Nope. No Digimon. It's not there. Something like that. Gunpei. Gunpei's got to be up there. Yeah. Which Gunpei? It's probably um, EX. I'll, I guess I'll do EX. Gunpei. Show me Gunpei. Gunpei EX is not on the list. Okay. Oh. Um, regular Gunpei. Tari no Panda gun, Gunpei. Also not on the list. No Tari Panda Gunpei? No. Is that the only... No Gunpei at all? No Gunpei. What the heck are they doing? Weird. Okay. This is an interesting list. Is it too simple for them or something? That's... <laughs> Look, this is a Wonder Swan fan site. They get deep okay, into so, it. Since this is a, a Wonder Swan fan site, I'm going to say maybe they do have an RPG on here, and maybe it's Riviera. Show me Riviera, a game I had on Game Boy Advance. Nope, that is an honorable mention. Who are these people? Um, I would do Blue Wing Blitz over, um, over Riviera because that's also a an honorable exclusive. mention. Okay, that one's exclusive. So yeah. All right, so far you've got three out of the 15. Oh, dang, we're doing bad. No, we can do, We. I've got so many more. Flash Koibito-kun. Really? Flash Koibito-kun is number one. What? Number one? Yeah. Right, I love that game, but number one? <laughs> what, what is this website? <laughs> Swanofwonders.weebly.com. Okay. Right. Uh. Wow, okay. Clock Tower? Show me Clock Tower. Nope. It'd be on there. All right. Uh, Ngacho. Ngacho is number two. Really? Wow, all right. This is a different kind of a website. They have interesting taste. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I like all of those Look, games. Look, anyone but... who is really into the Wonder Swan has interesting taste. Maybe. Thank you. <laughs> That's what they say on the YouTube channel. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. I'm going to say Hataraku Chocobo. Let's check Hataraku. Chocobo Mystery Dungeon is there instead? Nope. Honorable mention. Okay. Golden Axe? Golden Axe. Show me Golden Axe. Honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Dang. Um, do, I mean, I guess... Considering the nature of the site, they probably put Dicing Dicing Knight on there. Dicing yeah, Knight's got to be top, top five. Honorable also. mention. What? Okay. Yeah. I hope they didn't put Run Dim up there. They shouldn't have, but it could yeah. be. Run Dim? It's like Run equals Dim. Run equals Dim. Let me check. Show me Run equals Dim. Nope, not on there. Okay. All right, cool. I, I assumed like, oh, it's a shooter, so maybe they're just automatically like all shmups belong on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. How about the Ninja Ninja Jajamarakun game? Did we ninja Jajimara-kun? Uh, no, that's not on there. Huh. All right, this is weirder, uh, weirder list than I thought it would be. Yeah. What What about Namco Wars? Yeah, like are some of the Final Fantasies on there or something? Final Fantasies are all in the honorable mentions. Uh, what's interesting is you haven't mentioned the game that was on the other like five Wonderswan lists I checked, like the most obvious number one. Interesting. Oh, I, I bet Guilty Gear Petite is on there. Let me check. Show me Guilty Gear Petite. Nope. Honorable mention. None of a heck. The most obvious one. We're missing the most obvious one? Are we? It's not like Tetris or something, is it? No, it's not Tetris. Okay. <laughs> Buffer's Evolution? Uh, Buffer's Evolution is number 13. Oh, wow. All right. How obvious is Buffer's Evolution, though, to anybody? <laughs> uh, it's semi-obvious to Wonder Swan fans, I feel like. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. All, all six of us? One, oh, One Piece Coliseum. One Piece oh, yeah. Coliseum is on the list. Uh, yeah. One Piece Grand Battle Swan Coliseum is number four. Okay. So now you have the top four games. I wonder if that means they would also put Digimon Tamers Battle Spirit on there. No Digimon. Oh, right. Why wouldn't they want Battle, Battle Spirit if they got that One Piece? <laughs> I'm just curious, like, because there's a lot of things that feel obvious for me to recommend to people if they just if they just need English-friendly games, but they're definitely not the best versions of those games. You know, things like Puzzle Bobble and yeah. um, Load Runner and... Uh, crazy climber and that sort of thing. Like those are not Rockman versus Base. We didn't say. Mm. Uh, no, that's not on the list either. None of those games are. That's weird. Okay, you're out of time, so I'm giving you three more guesses <laughs> collectively. Oh, my favorite game, Rhyme Rider Kurikon. All right, let's check. Show me like Rhyme that. Rider Kurikon. Should be on there. Uh, that's number twelve. Okay. okay, that's way too low, but that's <laughs> at least it's on there. I wouldn't be surprised if they had Mr. Driller. Uh, Mr. Driller is the super obvious one. You weren't saying until now. Okay. That was number eight. All right. Okay. But it's on like everything. It's on everything. I mean, I like yeah, that. But... I like that version of it, but I don't go like, "Ooh, the Wonder Swan game." When I think of Mr. Driller, you know. Yeah, same. Maybe that's the thing you should be thinking about because uh, people are simp's. People are simp's. Maybe we should be thinking about that. <laughs> was that a hint? Uh, no. You still have three guesses. It actually was. <laughs> yes. I'm looking at it. I got this list right here. <laughs> 
people are simps. What is that? What could this mean? Oh, that wasn't a hint. The hint was to think oh. about things that are on everything. <laughs> okay. okay uh, I'm going to say Longrisser Millennium. Show me Longrisser. Uh, nope. That's that. That's not in there. Space Invaders. Show me Space Invader. Nope. You got one more guess. Maybe my hint was bad. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Beat Mania. Show me Beat Mania. No, that's an honorable mention. I'm sorry. Give give Brandon one more. I, I stole that. Brandon, you get one more. Rainbow Islands. Rainbow Islands. Show me Rainbow Islands. Uh, Rainbow Islands Putty's Party was number 11. There we go. Okay. Picked up on the hint there. That is not better than Rhyme Rider Carry Gun. That is, that is messed up. Time to tell you the ones. Uh, Frank, <laughs> you want to... Uh, I'm going to say the numbers and you're going to read it off. Uh, the okay. ones they missed. Uh, number 15. One Piece Chopper, no Daiboken. Wow, really? Okay. Number okay. 14. Sai right. Little? Sai Little. Oh, Sai. Oh, Sai Little, the dice Again, game. on everything. Number 10. Wonder Classic. Wow, really? Golf game? Yeah. Okay. There's like a, <laughs> a paragraph for each of these games, and then you get to number 10, and it's like, what a wonderful golf game. <laughs> that's all it says. Yeah, good, good. Number nine. Tanewo Makutori. That is one of my favorite games. Oh, I love that game. That was going to be my first guess for what was going to not be on the list. <laughs> yeah, actually, same. That was, <laughs> that was actually the one I was going to go for. That's funny. And the highest one they missed, number five. Front Mission by Squaresoft. Of course. Oh, okay. Okay, you didn't put the Final Fantasies on there, but you put on Front Mission. <laughs> yeah, why Why that? Look, you got 10 out of the 15. I'm going to call that a success. All right. I feel a little slighted by this list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's. I feel like this list was put together by one person. Definitely one person. It did feel like the least put together by committee list of all the lists I went through. Yeah. So I thought that would be the most interesting one to reference. I think you were right, because it was. I think, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this was not a... a collaborative list by any means no. uh i'm gonna skip question nine because we went super long on that one uh what is the oxford comma of video games the whether, whether or not video, video game games, has yeah. a space yes that's James. it all right that's, that's it. it that's You're it. right that's it we can get question number nine back <laughs> yeah, yeah question number nine back how do you really appraise hard to find retro video game ephemera appraise and as yeah in, how do you figure out how much it's worth yeah that's that's really tough I just, so I had a weird experience recently where uh, late at night um, I was feeling a little loopy for for really no reason. I think it, other than I had gotten up early and that and now it was late. And I decided to purchase, I think, the first movie that Donnie Yen starred in on DVD, Mismatched Couples. And it's, Donnie Yen is like a break dancer, and he does. When you watch the intro to this movie, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I want to watch this." It's not streaming. It's not on YouTube. It's just not a movie you can watch, and it's from the 80s. And there's, like, one good DVD of it made by Fortune Star. And I looked it up on eBay. The last two completed auctions. One was uh, someone put it up for bid, and it got 10 bids, and it was $52. And then, then there was another one, which was a Buy It Now, which was $2,300. And it's the same DVD. And in the currently purchasable options, there was one Buy It Now for 58 bucks, and one Buy It Now for 3300 and I think people manipulate bizarre. eBay a lot more than uh, people realize. Like, I, I am willing to bet that that's that $2,300 one is someone who's trying to make their small stash of copies of that movie worth something. Right. Because if you, you can easily corner any market that has very little supply, right? You just yeah. have to kind of prove it enough times. Yep. That's one of the things that makes it so difficult to appraise these because... Sometimes there's just no precedent or the one precedent is it barely counts because it's like, does, does any single other person want this? You know, I did wind up buying that $58 DVD because I was in a weird headspace at that time. But uh, sometimes I'll have a game and I'll, I'll be like, oh, I wonder if I should get rid of this. And I'll look up how much it's worth and it is impossible to know because it's, it hasn't been sold in the last year. Well, and eBay recently kind of nerfed how often or how far back they go to show you right. uh its history so it used to go back um at least a couple years pretty easily and now i've noticed that if, if something hasn't sold in the last couple of months sometimes it just doesn't show you anything at all oh and i guess directly related to this there's a place in san jose called streetlight records and they have a video game buyer there shout out to Brittany for sometimes letting me know when cool stuff comes in and she had a, a, like a bunch of stuff come in which was wonder swan games and gp32 games and she was like i don't i cannot tell if these are actually worth money to people or if they're just there aren't very many of them 
or if anybody would actually want them. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's it's worth money to like the 100 people that are trying to collect a GP32 collection. But like, who who are those people? Right. There, there aren't very many of them. So I wound up just picking them all up myself because uh, I'm that person. But she was like, be honest with me, could I have gotten more if we had listed these on eBay? And I was like, probably across like a couple years, but I don't think, or maybe there would have just been someone who's like, I'm going to sweep these all up right now. But it, it's it's such a niche thing that like, who really needs a GP32 game in a box? Who's collecting for that? Well, I just bought one, so oh. me now. <laughs> we should trade some uh, some of your Wonderswan games for some of my GP32 extras. All right, deal. Because I have multiple doubles, so here we go. Make it, making it happen. Brandon, la- last week you set up, uh, you set up your own comic. Now you're setting up this video game trade. Is this, <laughs> is this podcast your personal Craigslist? Uh, yes. The bot that records our show is called. It's Craig, named so. Craig. Yes. Yeah. What you're, what you're saying with there sometimes only being a hundred people who want something like you almost have to, in order to accurately appraise something, you almost have to know who those hundred people are and like know their situation. So yeah. Um. There is a guy in one of the Wonderswan groups I'm in who is trying to sell a couple of extremely rare systems. One's the uh, Famitsu Camouflage Edition Wonderswan, and it's it's very cool. There's only a couple of them. It's worth a lot of money. But, um, you know, he's trying to sell it for, I can't remember, but a, whatever it was, it was like a fair price of like 900 bucks or something like that. I am not currently in the market to buy one of those. Therefore, it's not selling because there's just not someone right. who's buying high-end Wonderswan stuff right now, at least um, in the English-speaking world. Um, so he's just sort of had it for a while and been hanging on to it. I don't think that means it's worth less than the $900 he wants to sell it for, but it does mean that he sort of has to wait for one of us to come along that's willing to uh, <laughs> willing to drop that kind of money on it. And another thing that's weird about that is, okay, I'm not in these Wonderswan lists, but I am, you know, I'm not going to buy a $900 Wonderswan. However, I'm the target market. I don't know where to be looking specifically for Wonder Swan stuff because I'm I'm just not. It's probably like a Facebook list or something, and I don't use Facebook. It's time to go into our lightning round for this week's game. I collaborated with friend of the show Ash Parish, and today we are participating in the discourse. I'm going to name a video game character, and you're going to tell me whether or not they eat it. If your answers match Ash's, oh, you get the point. <laughs> Oh man! So we have, we have to we have to predict Ash as well. Okay, yes, this is, this is good. Here we go. Your first video game character is Banjo of Banjo Kazooie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He, yeah. He, he is Absolutely. kind. Yes. Yeah. He might be a little inexperienced, but Scorpion. Scorpion for Mortal Kombat. Yes. Uh, no. no, he has no tongue. Really? Really? Oh, uh, I, I have to weigh in. I also agree that no to Scorpion. Uh, Scorpion is yes. He gets there somehow. How? All right. He figures it out. Okay. Next is Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy doesn't even know where any yeah. of that stuff is. So no. Yeah. He, he he actually goes like, huh? When presented <laughs> yeah. with the option. Yeah. Kelsey? I feel like he would be, he would try. Uh, mm. you, you all get the point. The answer is no or yes, but poorly. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think it would be. I don't think there's any experience yeah, right. there. I don't think there's any. He's not opposed to it. Yeah. Yeah. Liara yeah. <laughs> Tistoni of Mass Effect. Which one's I, that? I, I didn't get I that. I don't far. know who that is. Yeah. The blue alien <laughs> oh, from the yeah. first game. Yeah. Uh, from all three games, but mostly oh, the first game. Yeah. The blue absolutely. one does. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, correct. Ash said, "Of course." Uh, yeah. Next, <laughs> Lester the Unlikely. <laughs> I think it's unlikely. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So I, I think it's unlikely he would have the scenario. So I don't know how to how to answer the question. Like he wouldn't be in that situation. It does not seem. Uh... But in the in the unlikely scenario that he's in that scenario. Right. Thank you. I think he would do it, but he'd be terrified. Uh, Ash said, "My gut says maybe." I think that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> All <Yeah>. right. <laughs> I think Frank gets the point for that. Yeah. Uh, our next one is Captain Falcon. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Actually, he does, and and he brags about it. <laughs> I'm gonna. No. It, have you watched the anime? No. Oh uh, no. Yeah. I. He's a good. I think yes. I feel like no because I think he's just too into himself. I think yes because I think Ash watched the anime. Yeah. Okay. Ash's answer is oh my god yes. Okay. okay. In all caps. Yeah. Uh, the next an- is 
Ayla the Huntress, your first companion in Skyrim. Mm. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, I, I don't sure, know. why not? Yes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yes. Uh, correct. She is sworn to carry your burdens. Mm. Oh, but she'd think it's a burden? <laughs> I don't want that. Uh, Monokuma, the Danganronpa bear. <laughs> yes, but you don't want that to happen. I'm with, I'm with Brandon. Yeah, I think I think that's how I'm leaning to. Uh, no, Ash said in all caps, does not fuck. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> Shenmue. There's not a person named Shenmue. It, it's ja- James Shenmue. The... Yeah, Jimmy Shenmue. <laughs> Mr. Shenmue. Mr. Shenmue. Oh. <laughs> um, I think that Ryo Hazuki. Yeah, Ryo Hazuki. I think it's a no for Ryo. Absolutely I think, no. an, I think it's a no. He's busy with capsule machines. And... I don't think it's because he's like a bad person or like no. opposed to it. I think, I think, I think if you asked never... him to, he would be like, huh? Oh, like that. <laughs> but like... <laughs> Uh, but he wouldn't think of it himself. Yes. Tell me about a birth. Yeah, there's no scenario in which he would come up with that. Yeah. I agree. Correct. Shenmue, uh, Sh- Mr. Shenmue does not. <laughs> and uh, finally, Solid Snake. I hope Ash was the one who was like, Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Shenmue. We're calling him Shenmue. Solid Snake is a no from me. I don't think he does. Liquid Snake, on the other hand. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know who that is, but based on the na- names... That's the that's the Cam Clark character from the first one. I don't know who that is either. Oh, the guy who voiced like Leonardo and oh, like like Deflator Mouse. You know that guy? Yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. That guy's a freak. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard? He has an album. He's that guy's a freak. A super freak? Uh, no, he doesn't cover Just that. Just the regular either. type. He covers a <laughs> similar song. This is a. I don't know why this is the hardest one for it me. It is the hardest like one. My, for whatever reason, my my heart can't lean either direction like at all. Like I'm, I'm frozen on this one. Well, uh, you want me to explain mine? Yeah, I do actually. Yes. He is only a soldier. He does not love. Mm, okay. All right. I guess, I guess I'll follow your answer, but I don't feel good about it. Okay. Uh, the correct answer was Solid Snake doesn't, but only because he's gay. Okay. Mm. Gay for war. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tallying the points up here, and Frank is our winner. Yeah, Which it. means Kelsey is our winner. Congratulations, Kelsey. <laughs> nice. Wait, what? How does that work? Uh, that's why you were on the show, to take Frank's win. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> this is like when I make Kelsey do paperwork for the foundation. This is great. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So uh, this is the part of the show where we recommend things that we are into to uh, spread that joy and awareness to our audience. Uh, or also uh, plug things that we happen to be working on, if we are so inclined to do that as well. Is this just my opportunity to like say all the things that Frank isn't allowed to say normally? Like, Absolutely, yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you guys should follow the Video Game History Foundation. We do some pretty cool stuff. We also have a podcast. It's called The Game History Hour. It's about an hour every week of us talking about to some expert people about some cool history. And you should listen to it. You should give us money, too. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so you can just give us money through our website directly. You can also buy blind box magazines, which are like a whole ecosystem we've devised wonderfully, where basically you can either buy magazines or give us magazines, and all of it preserves history. Because if we uh, if we don't already have the magazine, it goes into our archive. If it's not scanned already, it goes to a scanning group, and uh, we use it to pay for more preservation stuff, including our own, but also including things like paying off RetroMag server costs for the year. I think I actually did recommend the podcast last week. He's allowed to say that one. Okay, all right, all right. (laughs) I don't have a lot this week because, I don't know, I was was watching my usual amount of movies and listening to my usual amount of music, but I just didn't get a whole lot of good ones in there that I feel like you should listen to. However, I have one thing, which is that I think you should listen to or rather watch the video for the song Loretta by the artist Ginger Root, because it's got this really good vibe where they they kind of clone themselves to be all the members of a band, but it's very 70s bandstand Japanese live TV music video style. It just works super well. The music and the video work so well together, and it's just... uh, I've actually watched it like five times because I just... It's it's very pleasant to watch. It's like a Tatsuro Yamashita sort of vibe to it. The conceit of this EP that they're making is that they've been um, uh, hired to remake uh, to to do the English versions of uh, opening themes for 
uh, Japanese drama in the 80s. You, you feel that vibe when you watch it, and it's, it's real good, so give it a look. I'm so bad at this. I just kind of, like, work and watch whatever, like, the show is right now. So Loki's real good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that anyone listening that wouldn't already watch that needs to hear that from someone, but right. there it is. Sweet Tooth on Netflix actually Sweet is really Tooth. good, too. Yeah, Sweet Tooth. Uh, yeah, is, is great. Another another one of them comic book shows. Uh, not a superhero show. No comic book. Sorry, a a, a graphic novel show. Is we can too, say comic a, book. It's a graphic novel. Mom, we're not precious about it. <laughs> I'm always just really late to things, so um, I just finished watching the whole first season of One Punch Man, and I was like, Ooh. oh yeah, this, th that's why people that like this. That first season okay, is great. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I love that first season. Is the second season really that bad? I'm only like an episode in. Um, in, in the second season, it becomes like an anime. Oh, all right. Yeah. It basically turns into the thing it's making fun of because the initial okay. premise is unsustainable. Yeah, that's fair. I don't even really fault it for that, honestly. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't, that doesn't seem sustainable. That's the only place it could have gone. Oh, I, I, I kind of have a weird recommendation, actually. Oh, yeah, I'm, go for I'm it. I'm going to append onto this because uh, you're talking about anime. Um, my wife and I have been watching Dragon Ball. Uh, once Ooh. a day, pretty much mm. for this entire year. Uh, I'm not Dragon Ball's fine. Yeah, go go watch Dragon Ball, whatever. But my recommendation is look up things like fan edits and fan restorations before you commit to something. Because uh, all that Dragon Ball stuff, the best versions are like fan edits that squash together all the best sources of things and like you know add English subtitles to like superior prints that were only on like super limited Japanese only DVDs. So look that up. Uh, you get a better experience and uh, probably going to be free, too. Well, thanks to Miami Mike. That's a, that's a really good recipe for me not watching anything ever. It's <laughs> if I have to do a whole bunch of work first. A whole bunch of work. You search, and then it's like the third result. Yeah. And then they usually just link to the, the nerd torrent site. One torrent altogether. If that's all it is, I guess it's okay. I for thought Dragon you Ball, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Each, each yeah. episode, I need to search and see which is the good fan edit. Nope. Yeah, I feel like okay. it has to be a big series like yeah. that for it to shake out that way, right? I, like, we're getting close to the end of Dragon Ball, so I was like, well, I guess I should get Dragon Ball Z and uh, finish downloading those, uh, nearly a terabyte of that, but got it now. I think everyone should just read the manga instead. Ah, boo. Too fast. I can't read right to left, uh, but I do have some recommendations. I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this show on any platform where you can subscribe to a review podcast, that you engage with us in that way to keep the algorithms pushing us upwards and forwards. You can also go to patreon.com slash insert credit where you could become a patron to submit your own questions. Get our regular episodes one day early. How many days early is that? That's one day early. Oh, okay. And uh, even access monthly bonus episodes and other exclusive content. You can join us on forums.insertcredit.com and follow us on Twitter for our own personal updates and projects. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Zafaldi. Brandon is at Necrosofty. And uh, what's yours? Uh, it's Kels Lewin. K-E-L-S-L-E-W-I-N. Thank you. I forgot to look that up. Uh, this show is produced by Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Zafaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I'm Kelsey Lewin. And your game has now been saved. We didn't get to talk about our favorite Wonderswan games, though, really. <laughs> we can do it right now. We sort of did, because I said my favorite, which is Rhyme Rider Kara Recon. Um, yeah. We both like Tanio Makutori, which is also really yeah. good. I, I really liked Rhyme Rider Kara Recon. You did an article on it, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I did. It's it's not great to play. I like the game, but it's not great to play. <laughs> well, 